You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. You're sitting in front of the mirror getting ready for bed. There's nobody else in the house. You see something move in the corner of your eye. You glance to your right, but you don't see anything. Another minute goes by, and you think you see movement again. So you slowly turn to your left, but again, the room is empty. You turn back around, and staring you face to face in the mirror is a cat. You jump back, because you don't have a cat, and there's no cat in the room. But there he is, staring at you in the mirror. Welcome to Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week, we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Now, step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, Brandy Stark. Hello and welcome to Paranormal Pets. I am your host, Brandy Stark, and for this episode, we are going to talk about some insect yokai. Yes, I have to say I've been looking into some of the different types of insects in Japan, and I'm not sure I want to go there. So, I have not been to Japan. This might dissuade me from going. But they are still fascinating creatures, and so we will get started with the yokai right after these messages. Time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. You know that feeling when you go to clean the litter box and it's a complete disaster? Yeah, we've got you covered. Introducing World's Best Cat Litter Zero Mess, the advanced litter that gives you two times better clumping and more odor control with less litter. Zero Mess combines the concentrated power of corn with super-absorbent plant fibers. Translation, scoop once and you're done. Find it at a pet store near you and save $2. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Brandy Stark. And welcome back to Paranormal Pets. I am your host, Brandy Stark. And for this particular episode, we're going to try and look at a few of the spider insect yokai that are up there. Uh, just as a reminder, if you didn't listen to the prior episode, in Japan, supernatural beings that can encompass everything from an odd sensation to unexplained phenomena to animal spirits to urban legends to folklore to ghost stories are called yokai. <laughs> So it's this huge category. One of my very favorite yokai is something like the plaster wall yokai. It shows up as a wall with legs. And what it represents is the feeling that you get literally when you hit a wall. The exhaustion that you feel after a really long journey where you feel like you just can't take one more step. 
that is a yokai. So it's fascinating to see what they come up with. For this episode, though, we are going to start off with the Mukade centipede yokai. Uh, now, this is what is kind of interesting. This one is quite real, a Mukade or Musade centipede. Oh, well, let me start with the insects of Japan. This was the initial site that I started looking at when I started looking into the centipedes. And it's actually called 10 Horrifying Insects That Will Keep You Away From Japan. This was written by Aya Francisco, and you can find it at www.tofugu.com backslash Japan backslash Japanese insects. And we won't read through everything, but just to give you an idea, and you know, this explains so much in anime. If you were a fan of Inuyasha, where they actually had a lot of these spirit uh, beings, because of course Inuyasha is the son of the dog yokai, it was actually pretty interesting. So they had some of these, uh, and I'm like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> Japan is known as the land of everything kawaii these days. Even ugly things are made cute. However, there are some reasons why you would not want to go to Japan, and these are this person's top 10 list of pants-peeing Japanese insects that will give you a scare if you weren't expecting them. The first one is the cicada. Cicada are very romanticized. Their music is, you know, this evening song. Their background noise in Japanese movie. They're referred to in famous works of literature. Before cicadas became obnoxious tree crickets, they lived underground as nymphs. Once they hit puberty and start arguing with their parents, they burrow their way out of the ground and find a nearby place to molt, where they leave nasty exoskeletons for children to collect. Groups of cicada can produce sounds up to 120 decibels. That's louder than any Ozzy Osbourne concert. Cicadas are harmless, but if they mistake you for a tree, they could grip you with their spiky legs and beak in an attempt to eat from you or lay their eggs in you. Overall, they are pretty cool, but they can definitely be freaky. They also die in great numbers, and when they die, they fall from trees like Sakura blossoms in spring. Suffice to say, dead giant insects falling on you is a momentary panic-inducing situation. In Florida, I believe we also have these, and they are very loud. There was one day that I was sitting uh, with mom, and she kept saying, don't you hear that noise? And I'm like, the cicadas? No, it can't just be cicadas. And we're looking all over the place. There's this stranger walking down the street, and she's, do you hear that noise? And he's like, the cicadas? <laughs> So she just, she was really astounded, but I think this was right after I bought this house and it's right next door to her and it has two great big oak trees and these trees produce, they really attract the cicadas. So Japan also has stink bugs, which are ugly and creepy. Kusage mame mushi, like fruit vampires, these bugs roam the land, sucking the fluids from any vegetation they can find with their straw-like appendages. They usually don't bother humans, but if you touch this little dude or intimidate him, you'll end up covered in a nasty cilantro-like odor. The next one, and I don't know of any yokai associated with the stink bug in particular, but the Denke Mushi is a caterpillar. It's beautiful. It's yellow and red. It's got these beautiful little spikes. And apparently if you touch one, it will feel like you stuck a paper clip into an electric socket. They don't have any electrical powers, but they do release chemicals and it's fairly painful. They are called the electric bug in Japan. Cockroaches. Nope. 
<laughs> that's like a big no on my list. The image on this website uh, actually shows the cockroach balloons. No, 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 no. I like animals. I don't wish cockroaches harm or ill, but Florida is filled with them. And we even have these special things called palmetto bugs that fly. When I was a child and I was four years old and we lived in Mississippi, I went to get a drink of water and it was dark. And my mother and I, when I was a child, I always wanted the lights on. She always wanted the lights off. So it was kind of this battle. And I thought I was going to actually go and get my water in the dark and make her happy that I didn't turn on any lights. So I went to go drink some water that I got out of the faucet and across my face from the glass crawled a cockroach. So ever since that time, I have not really liked them. So that's a nope. They celebrate them. Yeah. Japanese mountain leeches. These are actually fairly interesting. Most of the time people run into these nasty creatures with bodies of water, but they're also perfectly comfortable on land. Mountain leeches have a seemingly harmless inchworm-like gait, but when they really mean business, they can come after you by somersaulting at high speed. And that's actually pretty cool to see. They even climb trees to drop down on unsuspecting victims and hide in your shoes. These leeches are equipped with a sucker on one end that helps them to get around and size up their victims. On the other end, they have strong jaws lined with thousands of tiny teeth, which they use to inject you with an anticoagulant and numbing compound so they can unknowingly feed on your blood and chew through your clothing. And yes, they have a video. New. No. Another type of leech that lives in Japan is the giant carnivorous mountain leech. These leeches also are comfortable above the water, could easily be mistaken for snakes due to their large size and the way they slither across the ground at high speeds in search of prey. The good thing is these leeches don't suck blood like you might think. Instead, they use their huge jaws to swallow worms whole. How charming. And there is actually a video showing Japan also has these like ginormous earthworms and they actually caught one of these leeches eating an earthworm. And I mean, it was huge and very creepy. The house centipede. <laughs> yeah, no, it's called a, is it a Gigi Gigi? Looks downright prehistoric. If I didn't know any better, I think it had been thrust into some horrible B-class sci-fi movie. Luckily, however, they are just harmless little guys, unlike the evil cousin, the Japanese giant centipede, which is what we are getting to for this episode. They kind of look like slugs with long, articulate legs. I think multiple cockroach legs? Nope. Nope. Hornets. Well, the good news is that these, apparently these house centipedes do eat other things. Here's our giant centipede. I don't usually find centipedes scary except maybe the human centipede, but this one deserves to be feared. It is a symbol of evil in Japanese mythology, and the mukata can grow up to a length of 38 centimeters, 15 inches long. It doesn't just look scary, though. It is poisonous, too. If it gets its little chompers around you, you'll be in a world of pain and probably have some pretty decent swelling. It usually won't kill you, but gets a bad enough bite and you will be going straight to the doctor. I don't recommend tempting one of these bad boys if you are trying to pull a Ferris Bueller. In Japanese lore, it is said that the mukade must be burned to get rid of it. So seriously, this means you must burn it with fire. By the way, apparently you can eat them. Why not just barbecue them up? Who wants some spicy mukade? And they actually show... Oh, Lord. Okay, yeah, and they show them on a stick. Okay, we're just going to move on. It's going to be a tough episode. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't mind insects. I like spiders. I mean, they're fine. But I don't like any of these so far. I I'm not particularly fond of them. 
Uh oh, here's our spider. The Huntsman spider. It's huge. Nope, 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 nope. That was my first reaction to this creepy crawly, if you can even call it that. I feel more inclined to call it something from my worst nightmares. Picture of this guy ending up all over the internet, and for good reasons. It's terrifying. More like a dark, hairy crab. The huntsman spider doesn't spin webs to catch its prey. Instead, it uses its lightning-fast legs to chase down its food, beats it into the ground, then rips it apart for its next meal. And do I mention they get up to a foot wide? I'm just saying my cat wouldn't even eat this. There's a video. I'm going to skip the video. The only good thing about this spider is that it's not poisonous to humans. So yay. There is a Joru spider. It's beautiful. Very brightly colored. It's a member of the golden silk orb weaver genius. If you couldn't tell by the crazy rainbow jacket, the spider is poisonous. Getting bit by one is about the same as getting bit by a black widow. Not deadly, but not a kiss from Shirley Temple. Just look at the Joro gives me the heebie-jeebies. I mean, look at it. You think the golden part of its name comes from the golden body, but it actually refers to the spider's golden web. It's as dapper as it is horrifying. People have even attempted to make high-end clothing from the golden threads. Hmm. And they actually show a rather interesting image from old Japanese lore of these spiders. Apparently, it, it eats birds. Huh. And then the last entry here, just, just so you're as horrified as I am before we even get to our paranormal pets, is a Japanese giant hornet. Hide your kids, hide your wife, hide your husband, because the Suzume Bachi's in town, and he's not happy. Wasps aren't generally considered to be pleasant, but this thing is on a whole other level in Japanese. The Japanese giant hornet is known as, I don't think so, uh, looks like Osusume Bachi, which literally means the giant sparrow bee. And we might as well call these things sparrows because they are that freaking big. Not only are these things huge, but they will also spray you in the eyes with a flesh-melting poison if you catch them on a bad day. And did I mention that this poison is filled with pheromones that signal the rest of the hive to hunt you down and to sting you until you can no longer move your limbs? They are so brutal that they do a metal ocalypse proud. Not only are they a threat to humans, but they treat other insects worse than Rebecca Black after her release of Friday. I don't get that. They eat other insects' babies. Uh, they raid beehives to collect bee larvae for their young. Wow. Yeah, there's a video. <laughs> I don't think I can do it. Yeah, they live around many places in Japan, even the outskirts of Tokyo, and they claim as many as 40 lives a year. Wow. This explains so much about anime. <laughs> okay, so... And now that I've given you some idea about the insects, we're going to take a look at some of the supernatural lore, at least concerning one of them, right after these messages. We'll be right back. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. The standard run-of-the-mill tests and treatments. Cortisone. Antihistamine. Multiple creams. Antibiotics. Spray. Multiple prescriptions. Steroid injections. Spray. Steroid cream. No results. It was neglect. The other owners didn't care enough about him to take care of him and to give him the nutrition he needed. A nutritional supplement like Dynavite. To be the healthy, happy dog he is today. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. Put some nutrition in your dog. The vet that I trust recommended Dynavite. The dog I have today, because of Dynavite, has a 
sparkle in his eye, a lush coat, healthy skin. When you rescue a dog, you've got to feed him right for life. Dynavite will make your dog a happy dog. Dynavite is nutrition. Dynavite for life. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. com. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Brandy Stark. And welcome back to Paranormal Pets. As you can hear, the pugs are still sleeping in the background. They get to sleep. I'm awake with this stuff. Okay. Well, I will say that this kind of makes me really appreciate some of our Florida bugs a bit more because for the most part, I don't have to worry so much. There is the occasional black widow that you certainly do not want to run into, but okay. And maybe a brown recluse. I actually have had a friend bitten by one and that was quite nasty. Uh, It leaves a venom that actually kind of eats away at the flesh. Huh. Apparently that excited Penelope. As you can hear, a puggle is a little different than a pug. I'm still trying to get used to the noise level. Anyhow, here is what we've got. We're going to talk about the Mukade. They, according to the Book of Yokai, Mukade beliefs and legends are found throughout Japan. The most famous comes from the Omi region, present-day Shiga Prefecture. There are, of course, different versions, but the story takes place during the Heian period. The dragon king living in Lake Biwa disguises himself as a gigantic snake and lies down across a bridge, preventing anyone from crossing. But when a warrior named Fujiwara no Hidesato steps over the snake without showing the slightest fear, the dragon king knows he's found his man. He promptly recruits Hidesato for the job of subduing a great Mukade on Mount Mikami. In some versions, it's the beautiful daughter of the dragon king who recruits the warrior. Hidesato finds the great Mukade coiled seven and a half times around Mount Mikami. After shooting several arrows into the creature to no effect, he finally moistens the tip of his arrow with his own spit and this time kills the Mukade. Legend has it that among the rewards he receives from the Dragon King is a large bell, which he donated to the Madiria Temple, which is still on display today. Bad relations between snakes and Mukade persist in beliefs throughout Japan. It is not difficult to imagine why the Mukade might be considered a yokai. Examine closely, a real centipede is completely alien to the human world. With its hundred legs, it seems to possess supernatural or at the very least unfamiliar powers of propulsion. Its pincher-like mouth looks vicious and indeed a real Mukade's bite is extremely painful and can be poisonous. Moreover, Mukade in Japan can be six or seven inches long, oh, this other side said 15, and are notoriously difficult to kill. As with Hidesato's experience, they rarely die in their first attempt. Contemporary Mukade lore suggests that the best way to subdue them is to cut them into pieces with a sharp pair of scissors, which is, you know, terrifying. So, a second story is on yokai.wikia.com. 
Omukade is the name of this particular centipede creature. Uh, not far from Hamamatsu, a town located east of Kyoto in the province of Tototomi at the east road of Japan, there's a town called Tachita. My accent is awful. I apologize. Near this town, there's a bridge leading over the river. The length of this bridge seems even more remarkable as it is cut into two parts by an aisle in the river. Near this bridge, which is named because of its close proximity to the village, lived a gruesome monster, a huge centipede, or as the Japanese called them, a mukade. This is also why they called the hill he lived on Mukade Hill. This poisonous centipede made the army road insecure and none dared to oppose him. He was especially dangerous at nighttime when he grew so courageous that he even attacked the breed of the dragons who lived under the bridge. He killed the helpless cubs without any fear of the big dragon's might, and because of this, a grim war between the dragons and the Mukade began. Despite their divine might, the dragons couldn't do anything against the Mukade in his hiding place, and so he always won, and he continued his nightly raids until the dragons got some unsuspecting help. A hero from the line of the Minamoto, called Tarotodo, heard of the people's pain that was caused by the Mukade, and bravely he went to the monster's lair. He killed it with his arrows. He fired them so strongly that they went through the Mukade's thick skin, and finally the beast lay dead on the ground before the hero. It is said that the dead monster's length extended to that of two adult men. When the dragons and the ocean gods heard of this great deed, they came to the hero, praised him, and told him that he would live for a long time. They also prophesied that his kin would have some of the greatest might on earth, and that's how it happened. So, we've got our centipede. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about some spiders. Now, I know they're technically not the same as insects, but they kind of fell into this episode because there are actually a couple of really cool versions. So, a yokai, one of them is the jorogumo, which is a type of yokai, a creature, ghost, or goblin of Japanese folklore. According to some stories, it is a spider that can change its appearance into that of a seductive woman. I have seen at least one other entry that calls this the whore spider or the whore woman spider. In Japanese kanji, it is, uh, the translation literally means the binding bride or the whore spider. Aha, did I not just say that? And it can also refer to some species of spider. Japanese-speaking entomologists, blah, 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 use it to describe certain species. According to legend, when a spider turns 400 years old, it gains magical powers. Story of the Dorogumo can be found in the Edo period works. In many of these stories, the spider changes its appearance into a beautiful woman to ask a samurai to marry her or takes the form of a young woman carrying a baby, which may turn out to be a spider's egg sac. A Dorogumo is also known as the mistress of the Joran Falls and Izu Shizukoa. The legend has it that a man was resting at the foot of the waterfall when his feet were bound with a vast number of spider threads. To free himself, he cut the threads and tied them to the stump of a tree, which was pulled from the ground and drawn into the waters. After this incident at the Joran waterfall, the villagers became afraid and stopped going to the waterfall. However, one day a woodsman logger from out of town, unaware of the story of the creature, began cutting wood in the area. After he accidentally dropped his axe in the water, he dove into the pond to find it. Then a beautiful woman appeared and returned the axe, telling him never to tell anyone about her. While the logger kept the promise, he began to feel anxious about the incident. One day while he was drunk, he told his secret and finally felt at ease, and he fell into a deep sleep never to awaken again. These yokai are not friendly, are they? In a variation of the story of the Joran waterfall, the logger falls in love with the woman, 
and starts visiting the falls every day to see her, but as time passes, he starts growing weaker and weaker. A monk from a neighboring temple believes the logger has been trapped by the spider, so he and the logger go to the waterfall together, and the monk reads the Buddha Sutra there. While the monk reads the Sutra, spider threads appear from the pool and attempt to wrap themselves around the logger, but the monk shouts his Buddhist chant and they disappear. Though the logger soon realizes that the woman was a spider, he cannot forget his love for her. He then asks for help from the Atengu, a master of the Yokai of the mountain, the Tengu forbids this love. The logger was unwilling to give up his love for the Turagumu. While running back to the waterfall, he is caught by the silk threads and finally falls into the water, never to surface again. There are also stories throughout Japan of a tree stump being pulled into the water in the place of the lumberjack from the previous tale. One such example of that is the Kashidobushi Sendai. Here, after the stump is pulled into the pool, the lumberjack hears a voice saying, how clever, how clever. For this event, the area came to be called the Kashikobuchi, which literally means the clever abyss. Here, the Jorogumu is worshipped as a goddess who protects people from drowning, and a monument and a small tori still stands at the location. Let's see. There's also the Sushi Jumo. The dirt or earth spider, which is a historical Japanese derogatory term for renegade local clans and also the name of a race of spider-like yokai in Japanese folklore. Alternate names for this include Yatsagahaga and Ogumo, giant spider. The Japanese name for a large ground-dwelling tarantula is due to their perceived resemblance to the creature of myth, rather than the myth being named for the spider. Japan has no native species of tarantula, and the similarities between the mythical and the actual creature, huge wandering spiders with the obvious face that likes to hide in burrows, were entirely coincidental. Okay, so I think we're talking about these ginormous spiders. With the passage of time, the Sushigumo have been established as yokai, They appear to people as having the faces of an oni, a body of a tiger, arms and legs of a spider, and they wore giant outfits. They all lived in mountains, firmly captured travelers with strings, and ate them. See, you know, I think the East has some interesting elements, right? In the Sushigumo Soshi, written in the 14th century, this creature appeared in the capital as monsters. A hero was brought in where they encountered a flying skull. The hero and the others thought it was dubious, started to follow it, and arrived at an old estate where there appeared various atypical yokai that agonized our hero and the others. And when dawn arrived, there appeared a beautiful woman who was about to trick them. But the hero, not giving in, cut it with this cantana, and the woman disappeared, leaving white blood. Pursuing the trail, they arrived at a cave in a mountain recess where they found a huge spider. The true identity of all the monsters that appeared was actually the spider. At the end of a long battle, the hero Yorimitsu cut off the spider's head and the head of 1,990 dead people came out of its stomach. Furthermore, from its flanks, countless small spiders flew about and investigating them further, they found about 20 more skulls. There are various theories to the story of the Tsuchigamo. While Yorimitsu suffered from malaria and lay on a bed, a strange monk who was 2.1 meters tall appeared, released some rope, and tried to capture him. Yorimitsu, despite his sickness, cut him with his famous sword and caused the monk to flee. The next day, Yorimitsu led his four guardian kings to chase the blood trail of the monk and arrived at a mound behind the Kitano Jinja, where there was a large spider that was 1.2 meters wide. Yorimitsu and the others caught it, pierced it with an iron skewer, and exposed it to a riverbed. 
Yoramitsu's illness left him immediately, and the sword that cut the spider was from then on called the Kumokiri, the spider cutter. The true identity of this Sushigumo was said to be an Oryo of the aforementioned local clan defeated by Emperor Jimmu. The tale is also from the fifth No, one of the uh, No plays. Wow, there's a lot in here. Uh, and in fact, the cutting the spider open and the 2,000 skulls falling out uh, is also repeated in the Book of Yokai. Eesh. There's also a similar Yokai called the Imigumo, Umigumo. They are said to send out strings from their mouths and attack people. They appear on the coast of Kyushu. Yikes. Well, at least our good old-fashioned American ghost stories are mostly cats and dogs and some horses and some birds and maybe some rodents. None of this, which is good. So hopefully, again, this kind of whets your appetite for some more yokai stories. I will try to continue, hopefully, as we go through. The, these are kind of less common stories. The fox stories seem to be something a little bit more popular. There's some mermaid and merman stories as well from the Japanese yokai. And we'll just kind of continue to try to come up with a few themes and pull a few stories and see where this goes. So remember to please support your animal rescue, Pug Rescue of Florida, uh, local shelters. Help out however, whenever you can. And these animals certainly need it. If you are interested in more on the paranormal, feel free to check out the Spirits of St. Petersburg slash St. Petersburg Paranormal Investigation website. Both names belong to me. They will both go to the same website. I have been working on the Old Spirits archives and bringing those back, kind of a sanitized version, a little bit cleaned up and a little more straightforward than the long rambling versions, kind of like this, that were on the prior website. If you are curious, you're welcome to go to www.spiritsofstpetersburg.com or www.sppipinellas.net. Both will get you to the same location. From the Stark Clan Pug Pack and myself, I will wish you happy hauntings and we will catch you on the next episode. Take care. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.